This is the flight director beginning launch status check. CLCDR checking all stations are manned and the system is ready. Give me a go, no go. Talker? Roger, Houston. FSC? That is a go. Capcom? Oh, you navigation? Uh, navigation? Oh, uh, uh. You don't, don't worry about uh, guidance, we're just gonna. Wait, 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 Welcome back to Space Castle. It is your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy. My name is DT. My name is Alex. My name is Seth. And we have a very special episode for you guys today. We have a fourth member of the crew on the castle this week. It is our good friend, Brian Lovett, who also co-wrote the theme song, which you just heard at the beginning of this episode and which you will hear at the end of this episode. And we hope you love it because we fucking love it. And we love Brian. And we're super fucking excited to have Brian on the show today. How are we doing, Brian? Oh, man. What a welcome. I just floated in on the last space barge. <laughs> hey, there you go. He's already got the fucking theme down. I love yeah, it, man. Nailed it. I've, I've, I've been here all along. I've been in an overhead compartment just kind of playing guitar. Ah, see, I thought I was going crazy. Yeah, I thought I kept hearing Stairway. Wow. No, no, no. That riff is forbidden. You uh, <clears throat> definitely didn't no, hear me play that. It was 3.28 a.m. and I just hear, anyway, here's Wonderwall. What? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> ah, yes, one of my 3 a.m. political rants ending in Wonderwall. <laughs> so the tip jar on the observation deck, that's where that came from? With all the, all the quarters in it? Yeah. I've been putting quarters in it. I never knew why. I thought it was for Alex. <laughs> hey, I like my quarters, okay? Wait, if you don't know where the quarters were coming from, where? Because I wasn't putting them there. <laughs> Who has quarters? Maybe we have other stowaways that like my music. Shit, we should do a sweep. We need to get some of those like alien like motion detectors. Yeah, that requires like I don't know work and stuff. And I'm just like, who needs it? Brian is here to to join us, and he and DT worked on our theme song, "Dee's Notes." Dee's notes. Uh, <laughs> I can't I can't say it without saying it like that, but you have um, to. Yeah, these yeah, how... notes got him. You know, <laughs> it's a good idea this this episode for us to talk about the making of that particular banger that is our theme song it slaps so hard i'm so stoked you guys like it that much that that's that rocks it's because you guys all make great shit um and you you've posted a couple of like in situ while you're figuring out this whole track in discord for us to listen to like oh i kind of here's messing around and here's a new idea and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and i think that's what kind of sparked this episode is i really want to I want to talk about like the process of making this song, but also just songs in general, because I think that I got to see kind of bits of that iteration from the outside. And that's absolutely fascinating. Um, the The iterative process of art is something I am endlessly in love with. Oh yeah. And I want to, I want to hear you and DT talk about like, you know, what, what was this process like? Like, what did you do? How did this work? Tell us your origin story. <laughs> yeah, our origin story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when when the three of us started this podcast, I knew I wanted to have a theme song for it, something original. 
the first it was just stock i think it was like youtube audio archive music something we could use like royalty free without getting sued hey <laughs> <laughs> hey a round of applause for not getting sued everybody hey yeah <laughs> i definitely love not getting sued it is like among my favorite things it's it's the best really and it worked well enough. I mean, it, it matched the tone of, of the podcast well enough. But even from day one, I wanted us to have something original that not only we could like, be proud of and like would like lend itself to our branding, but also is like a like a cool earwig, like something that we could stuck in people's heads and like remind them of of the podcast. And um, I am I'm not I don't want to call myself a musician. Like I'm a bass player. Oh, you are. Oh, you're a musician. Come on, quit being modest. We all know bass players aren't musicians. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, nobody who plays bass is a musician. Have you heard of a man called Victor Wooten? Have you heard of a man called Jaco Pastorius? Oh, Pastorius is the fucking man. But um, I, I wanted to write a theme song, and I don't know how to play guitar. I don't know how to do a lot of things. I mean, I've sat in with bands. I've written like like bullshit stuff in like warehouses and like studio spaces and like people's houses just goofing around with my musician friends. So I had an idea. I'm one of those people that always gets like random tunes stuck in their head and I have a habit of not recording it or like writing it down. I always just whistle it for a couple of days and I forget it. Oh, hey, you too? Well, like Mozart? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So I had this tune in my head and I was like, that's kind of catchy. That could be like a Space Castle thing. So I plugged the bass guitar into uh, my Focusrite uh, Scarlet 2i2 if they want to hey, uh, sp yeah. sponsor us. No, no <laughs> Instagram plugs, post man. forthcoming. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just uh, started with, what I literally did was I, I recorded myself whistling the tune on my cell phone and I uploaded it into my computer and then I re-recorded playing it on bass. And I've actually got that and we can play it right now if you guys want to listen to it. It's literally just me noodling around on the bass. I took some some stock fucking uh, garage band drums and just started messing around with like like just chip tune like key notes. You guys want to listen to it real quick? Like the very first iteration of this? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Hit me with that. Yeah. Hit us with a couple seconds of this shit. Yeah, it's literally just me just noodling around on the bass in GarageBand, just fucking around. And then, I, like I said, I put in some random chiptune notes and extended them where I thought might sound cool. My ultimate goal was to go for something that was more or less like 8-bit, 16-bit boss fight meets Saturday morning cartoon. Like something high energy, really yes. kind of goofy, but like fun and like something you'd listen to over and over again. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Thank you. That um, I, I like hearing the uh, original rough draft next to what we actually came up with because like dt laid down a solid foundation for it and i like like you i like the iterative process so it's it's interesting to go back now uh knowing what we wrote and look at the steps that led to that it's it's creation is a process that's just fascinating listening to this this first iteration it's fascinating to me uh how close it is to the final draft like it is like mostly all kind of bones there hit me with this let me ask you this 
the tone you were whistling was that the bass licks or was that the chip tune or like what part were was actually stuck in your head that acted as the impetus so what's funny is what I was whistling, what I what I thought was going to be was the bass line. It ended up being the basis for what uh, Brian ended up rewriting as the guitar. Hmm. So that, yeah, I was thinking that was like a bass line. And then when I approached Brian with it, I, w- I thought maybe he might write some, like, he might write guitar on top of that. But what I actually had, and me not being an experienced songwriter, he was like, this is your melody. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, you're right, dude, this is fucking banging. <laughs> So, yeah, so I passed it on to Brian, and Brian was like, yeah, this sounds good, but let's make it a real fucking song. And I was like, yes, please. I love you. You're an amazing musician. And you're a good friend. <laughs> so, yeah, um, he, he literally took that rough that we just listened to, and uh, he turned it into something fucking amazing. Because I have no idea how to fucking play guitar. Like, I never even tried. Like, bass guitar was my first love, stuck with it. And, um, yeah, I passed it on to Brian. And he rewrote what I had on bass as guitar and then kind of cleaned up and added depth to the chip tune and also cleaned it up because the original rough, like we just listened to, there's a lot of just me fucking noodling around on the keyboard with just what sounds good. I don't know. I have no fucking idea. But he rearranged it. And if we want to listen to like the the next iteration of, of what Brian sent back to me, we can listen to that right now if you guys are interested. I find it really interesting how that's kind of how art happens is like you just fucking go for it and you're like i don't i don't know what any of this is. i'm just gonna try and see what happens yeah, yeah see that's what i was and gonna like, say like podcasting yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's how it happens welcome to art you did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i it's funny because i only have comparisons to like writing which is my sort of like um it's your art of choice yeah because i i my musical bones in my body uh have been formed into drumsticks and i just smack away at tom's and that's my <laughs> like contribution to the musical world Dude, that's metal as fuck. But uh, <laughs> but from the writing perspective, I think some of the best stuff I've ever written is just like, I I somebody was like, here's a prompt, and then in five minutes I cranked out three hundred words of like just really good stuff. Yeah, you just kind of see what happens. Yeah. So I I'm so fascinated about this process, but like I I it, it's funny because you were talking about the the baseline, and I'm thinking like that sounds just like a guitar, like even in the rough cut, just like like yeah. Let's let's listen to the to what to what Brian polished up and, and <laughs> put back together. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, you guys can see right away, like, what I had for bass was actually the guitar. And and Brian being, you know, the experienced, talented songwriter he is, he's like, yeah. And then he took he took the basis of what I had for the chiptune and filled out the body, rounded it all out. And it, it just, I was just fucking blown away when I heard what he came back with. Yeah, that's that's really the the key. Brian switching over the, the bass to the guitar is like, like, oh... Okay. Yes, I get it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. See, like I, I got what you were going for because you, you came at me with this thing like, you know, I want Saturday morning cartoon feels like you were talking about. And I'm like, okay, 
I've watched Saturday morning cartoons. I, I know what that is. <laughs> I hope um, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a requirement but, for our show. No, no, no podcast guest of ours is is going to be brought through the doors without having watched their Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> yeah, like just before recording, I watched all of Dexter's Lab and like Powerpuff Girls and like. Yeah, binge watch them at 103 percent speed. Yeah, definitely didn't yeah. watch that all. You know when it was coming out as I was younger, <laughs> but no, it was uh, one of those things where he came to me with this this awesome baseline and because it was played so high like my thought wasn't immediately like oh he's trying to play a guitar riff it was just like i i really liked the tone that he had there but to me it sounded uh a little bit more in a higher register than bass uh, uh typically is for a track like we were trying to produce so i i through some power chords in the same kind of configuration and then uh, asked him to lower his part just a bit. And I think that worked out pretty well because it slaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> slap at the bass. <laughs> but uh, Slap at the bass, man. But I, I, I think that, that just having that uh, part being played in a lower register kind of opened up your creative process to a new, like, okay, if this is played in this register now, what would I do in this situation? And that's that's one of the things I love uh, about writing music is just you try stuff. You, you throw stuff out there and um, it's, it's hard to kind of hear what a thing will sound like until it's played and laid out. And that's, I love doing that. I love like having something like okay this is this is good but what if i changed this and then by changing that that changes the whole dynamic of the thing and you 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 come up with something super just different than than what it was and and that you like more going forward so i want to get into the weeds real fast Mm -hmm. Uh, how how exactly do you do that do you play through like do you have the the song playing in your head as you're like riffing on guitar recording that and then you play that back to see how it works out or do you just kind of know while you're playing it or like how does that actually work i can really only speak for myself because i know a lot of musicians do it differently um but for me personally having like i i do have some experience with uh like composition and stuff but it's not like i have released music i'm not uh like a a super experienced like singer songwriter or anything yet but yeah (laughs) hopefully uh uh (laughs) but well after this podcast comes out you're gonna blow up man yeah (laughs) it's happening like figuratively your your space barge is gonna be fine that was not a threat (laughs) okay okay i was gonna say i'm gonna be out i'm gonna be out a lot of money my dudes, like that thing's towing on the back of your ship. I don't, I don't know if you've realized the chains that are pulling it, but like you're going to go down with me. So like, <laughs> yeah, so like I can only uh, uh, really speak to my process personally. Like I, it was one of those things where DT's baseline kind of put an idea in my head and then I figured out which uh, chords kind of went with that. And then that was really all the information I had going into recording something to actually put down. I, at that point, I just kind of broke out the guitar and messed with it and uh, put some, put some riffs and some lines on in uh, logic. That's where I record and, you know, kind of figured out which uh, picking directions in which uh, kind of, kind of rhythms worked best for what we were going for. 
and that's that's sort of the process I went through with uh, with bringing that whole thing to light. Interesting. Yeah, and passing it on to you, and uh, having you like kind of rework and rewrite the melody, and basically like the the lead for the song, completely freed me up as a bass player to just go back and, and fill, which is what you know ultimately a, a bass player should be doing, unless you're like John Entwistle from the Who or like Tim <laughs> Comerford from Range Gets a Machine. Uh, yeah, and otherwise you're just playing rhythm guitar. Uh, but yeah, no, you you coming up and rearranging the like the main melody and the focus of the song was able for me to go back and completely rewrite the bass line entirely, which I am very very happy with. So yeah, there 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 were some notes there that kind of uh, put it into a a little bit of a not really a minor feel uh, for your your like rough draft, but it it kind of brought down that like uh, uplifting happy jaunty warm. feeling. Yeah 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 yeah. So it just kind of like moving a couple of those notes up and down within their within their respective uh kind of ranges yeah i would say the rough cut reminded me of like spook castle kind of like it has all of those chiptune things like it had all of the necess- necessities for that vibe but it, it, yeah I, mm. I i can recognize the difference halloween special music maybe <laughs> it had like a a really particular sort of melancholy about it which is really fitting for me, but it's not very fitting for the show. <laughs> it's dark like my soul. Oh, hair flip. Yeah, and it wasn't intentional. It, again, it was just me noodling. Uh, but Brian, knowing what the focus is going to be and what the theme and what the overall feel of the song was going to be, like he, like he said very succinctly, he was very able to, to go back and pick it apart and put it back together much brighter and warmer and happier and uplifting and exactly the the tone of the show hopefully i mean <laughs> yeah the mood the, it's so, yeah. wild how much uh, like the mood can change with just a few different tweaks i mean i yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. i think i i like i like what you said dt about like uh freeing up sort of your ability to go back in and and like dig into the thing that you were most comfortable with which is uh, my favorite part of the creative process is like when i feel like i can get back to the get back to home as it were on a keyboard yeah. or whatever like this is where i know i can do the the best work that's uh so cool so cool that's what makes collaboration such a powerful tool is that like you kind of build out a team where everybody can operate in those spaces and you make the puzzle pieces your best at and put them all together at the end kind of thing like yeah maybe not at the end but you, you get the metaphor i'm going for it's like everybody kind of works in where they're best and together you make this like excellent sort of product I, I feel like a lot of people view art as like a really solitary thing. And that just makes me so sad because collaborative art, like making music or writing short stories together or whatever it happens to be like is so powerful and it's so good. And it makes such amazing things that I like, I wish people collaborated more, man. Iterate on your shit with your friends. Yeah. Share, share, share your creative space. I think like, I, I think about it from like a business perspective that, you know, a generalist can at a, can accomplish a goal pretty effectively. But if you have multiple specialists that are all kind of keyed into one particular uh, focal point, then you're going to end up with a much more polished product at the end. Oh, um, yeah. There's something we said, though, about that sort of initial spark, like what DT put together, which is, I, I think, yeah. is amazing because you can't. You can't fabricate that. It's just genuine inspiration that just like, and to to translate that onto a recording is next level. Really just magic. It's like 
taking it's making something out of nothing, which is, you know, my my mushy way of saying that, like, I love to to make things. But it's <laughs> it, it like a, a few things I'll, I'll say about that is I like, uh, you know, the idea. This is the first project that I've really collaborated on. Um, like maybe I've taken inspiration here and there from other people to inform the the parts of the project that that, um, you know, in a collaborative space, other people would have taken care of. But this is the first time I've actually written music with someone else. And what I've learned from that is, you know, it's very much a thing where multiple specialists uh, can create something I think better quality than, you know, me, a, a generalist could do because like I have a bass guitar, I could have played that bass line, but there's no way that I, I would have thought like DT who actually does play bass and right. know generally where things are like that are supposed to fit in a track. And it, it because like bass is very akin to guitar, like I could, I could puzzle it out, but when it comes to thinking of music from that standpoint, um, I would have written bass like a guitarist. And for for uh, anyone who's tried to write music themselves, I think they probably know that that is definitely a noticeable thing when, when yeah. you try to yeah. write one part of music as another uh, musician. Like my, my specialty is very much guitar and not, not, uh, not much else uh, when it comes to practical experience. I mentally imagined that like the guitar player trying to, lay down a bass track would just it'd be a lot faster and not as sort of patient as a bass player usually needs to be right yeah i try a lot more chords than basses usually do yeah there you go well let's let the bass player chime in here yeah <laughs> uh dave Grohl always talks about the fact that he he came up as a drummer like he knew how to play guitar he played guitar in previous bands but he's very much a drummer and he he doesn't know how to write or read sheet music and he approaches writing guitar riffs as a rhythm guitarist, sometimes a lead guitarist, as playing drums. So he's done a number of interviews, which are actually really interesting. I think he did one with like 60 Minutes, where he actually went through his writing process about how when he's approaching writing guitar riffs in a guitar track, it very much follows the formula of hi-hats and the, the kicks and the snares and the toms. And when you listen to it in that context, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> wow. Like he, he's doing it because he's, he's writing from his own personal reference because he doesn't have that that classic training. But when you listen to it, it's like it really fucking makes sense. And it's also like really fucking cool. Like it works. Yeah, you can you can pick that out of a lot of places like um, Austrian Death Machine, for example. Austrian Death Machine is ostensibly a one man band perform all the parts except for Arnold are performed by the lead singer from As I Lay Dying. And you can get that. Like as soon as you make that connection, you realize like, okay, yeah, the the bass and the drums and all the guitars are kind of very like melodic in a way that it is obviously in full support of the vocals, which happens naturally in regular bands too, right? But you really pick up on the like, okay, this is a, a vocal-centric mind playing all of playing all of these instruments and the music's amazing obviously oh yeah uh throw up your horns yeah (laughs) 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 but you can totally hear you can hear the um the influence um and i i think that that is kind of what makes art so awesome is because everybody's got their own personal mindset right so if you 
use your your brains to make things that comes across regardless of what you try to do. Um, that's why people say that you can't imitate another artist. You can only imitate their brushstrokes. So it, it, it's kind of that with music, but music is, I think, a much more deeply ingrained human thing. Um, it's a universal language to uh, yeah to use a cliche. <laughs> it's it, it, our brains are kind of built around language and music, um, so it's really really easy for us to kind of pick out those influences to the point where like if you wanted to pick out you know a a, a forged Matisse from a, a real one, you'd need I don't know training or specialization or practice or what have you lots of really... time on wikipedia right but you <laughs> you don't need that for music you can naturally kind of pick up on all of those things yeah and that's i think why i gravitated to music so much uh in my earlier life as as my main creative outlet um like i do that i i draw a little bit but really i just love to create music and it's one of those things that I have always felt more kind of connected to. And I think that that plays a big part of it is uh, our brains are built around these signals that come in. And I think auditory is one of the more powerful kind of uh, uh, signals that we receive. So it's really easy for music to make you feel a certain way uh, or, you know, I've even listen to music sometimes like it'll it'll make me feel so strongly a, a certain emotion that it will like kind of change the way I think in that moment yeah man yeah yeah which is like it obviously like you, you get emotional you think differently but it's it just is ridiculous to me how much influence that a a set of notes and scales and keys and all this stuff can really have on your brain and on your basically just like on yourself and i love the way that it can communicate that just and and it doesn't matter who you are in life where you live what language you speak like what your cultural experience is um music can still very much communicate these same ideas to someone who is completely different like opposite ends of the earth from someone but like you yeah. listen to the same song and go wow that makes me feel this way and that's cool and it's awesome. I like it. Well, that's exactly why we wanted to change up uh, the the melancholy original version. It's like mm -hmm. we – you can kind of pick up on the mood and music affects the listener to such an extent that we want to convey a certain mood with the music. For sure. And therefore kind of prime – listeners for like a, a happier kind of feel good laughy time podcast right like that's exactly. the whole idea is because it does affect you emotionally it's it's also interesting that we all kind of came to that same conclusion without sort of discussing i know that we, you know we have our pre-show and whatever but we've we all came to the same conclusion of those auditory signals are being interpreted in this different way from the rough cut to the final product and it's interesting because we didn't communicate that. We didn't talk about it. It's just like, this one seems to fit better. I don't know why. Like, I don't know about yeah. you guys, but I've had times in my life where I just don't listen to music for very much. Um, mm -hmm. Because I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to audiobooks, I'm listening to, to uh, nothing. You know, I'm not listening at all. 
and um which is odd because i've basically got headphones on everywhere i'm going when i'm not like communicating with my family or or what have you um but when i go back and i start listening to music again i feel all kinds of different things and it's usually just like depending on the type of music that i'm listening to it's usually just like wow this is really uplifting or i'm like feeling melancholy now or whatever based on you know these arrangements of notes um and books make me feel that way sometimes and you know uh, videos that I like YouTube videos that I watch sometimes make me feel that way. But music is one of the most impactful. So it's like what Brian was saying, those auditory signals that just like dig in there. Yeah. And I think, you know, what DT had talked about at the very beginning here is like, you've created an earworm because now I have joy <laughs> yes. associated with this like chip tune theme and it makes me happy. Yeah. Um, Yay. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things where like, it's, it's my show and I don't, skip the intros because <laughs> it's so good <laughs> like yeah. i love listening to the the music yeah, no, so well it's a good point it's like it's like i i had that i mean I, it's the only, other than space castle the only other show that i've really like felt like that is with uh the adventure zone especially with yeah. earth sea there's the new ether sea ether sea did i say earth sea like ursula k Le Guin. <laughs> yeah it's the exact <laughs> That's the exact same thing, man. Those are the only two podcasts that I don't really skip around intros. Like, I'm most of the time I I don't from what I'm listening to because I'm lazy. But <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, cannot like, uh, reach 15 seconds forward yeah. button. <laughs> yeah, my, it's my watch is too far to reach on the. <laughs> oh man, it's on my wrist. I had to, have to bend my hands in all sorts of weird ways. I'm gonna have to use both hands for this. Absurd. No way. That's what she said. <laughs> Oh my god! But you're right. But you're right. No, it's 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 like, oh, I'm accustomed to not wanting to listen to myself uh, talk when I revisit these episodes. But the theme song, I will just let me yeah. just start this over and listen to it again. It makes me happy. <laughs> it's so good. Do we want to listen to the final version real quick? We haven't actually played the complete and total version in an episode. I'm I'm hesitant to because I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> do it. Rip it. Rip it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's listen to it. These notes.
I think that honestly, the game changer, maybe even more so than the fucking amazing guitar playing, is just filling out the the chip tune. It just fucking it it sells that like classic gaming meets Saturday morning cartoon vibe, and I just I fucking love it. Thank you so much, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, man. Well, I mean, like like I said, with like with the bass, you laid the basis for that too. You already had kind of the bones of of what we wanted to happen there. I just sort of brought it to a more fully realized place because uh, MIDI sequencing is one of my more strong suits. So I was able to kind of uh, put those notes in place a little bit better just to make them sound, make them jive a little bit more with the track. But I, I, I really like the, uh, the MIDI or the uh, chiptune parts of that. It really does form an entirely cohesive track. Like it's, it doesn't feel like disparate parts making music. It feels like it's, like one entity right like it it feels like it's a single thing that just happens to have like various parts of it like it's it's one hand right and and the fingers you don't think of fingers as like separate from your hand usually right but like you, your chip you. tune your bass your your guitar look <laughs> in, when when you're not high we've all dabbled with drugs yeah <laughs> fingers tend to just be <laughs> oh that's right i'm sober right now never mind yeah no we're talking sober yeah, yeah, you, yeah. All you're missing is my discordant and completely irrelevant drum fills, um, <laughs> which don't really play into the themes. Look, song. I'm not saying that I don't want to hear that version. No, I'm, I'm kidding. They definitely wouldn't apply, and I don't have the talent to make it happen. So it's like, <laughs> let's move on from that. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> I made a joke. It didn't land. Let's move on. <laughs> panic, 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 panic. That's the that's this entire podcast in a nutshell, man. That's like my entire trying to talk to people experience, man. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Brian. <laughs> Whoa, holy shit. That's actually really good timing. Wow, we got a transmission from Earth coming in. Oh, is that what that noise is? Man, that sounds different outside the overhead compartment. <laughs> so, Brian, apparently you've been in our overhead compartment this entire time. Did you have like a cell phone or a tablet or anything? Did you were you looking stuff up? Do we have do we have Wi-Fi here? We have Wi-Fi here. What have you been What have you been scoping out? Like, what have you been using to fill your time? Um, luckily, before I went on my perilous quest to become a stowaway on, I guess, the first ship I could find. No, I mean, the most awesome, coolest ship I could <clears throat> find. Yeah, that's the right answer. Nice <laughs> save. I, I, I was smart enough to bring my Switch with me because it's nice and handheld and can fit easily in an overhead compartment with the rest of my big, big body. Um, <laughs> I, so I, I, I found this interesting game called Hades. It's it's a nice Ooh. little uh, game by Supergiant, and I I don't know it might be their first game. I mean, if it's not their first, it's definitely a, a fucking uh, star-studded addition to their their repertoire because it's it's this uh, like have you ever played Dead Cells? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. It's like Dead Cells in that it's uh, rogue light, so like there are uh, upgrades that you can get that permanently upgrade your stuff for each run, but you go through this. Uh, procedurally generated kind of path of rooms and there's uh, a bunch of enemies that come at you and a bunch of different weapons and it's very like 
high level view of that it's 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 a roguelite dungeon crawler and cool. that is super up my alley but uh super giant just pulled this one off extremely well have you played uh bastion or transistor i have not i super need to still yeah i definitely do it i haven't played hades but bastion and transistor are both kind of top down sort of um almost tile based sort of roguelite they're really hard to quantify but having played bastion and transistor but not hades hearing you describe hades makes me like think it's kind of a linear progression there for the studio it's like okay i like i can see their lineage like it it, there's no there's no question why hades won so many awards like it seems super good and I, i definitely need to play it the like the the art style the voice acting the music everything is just top notch i don't know why i thought it was their first game it is it has way too much polish <laughs> yeah it it's one of those games like dead cells where it's just satisfying to play it feels good to hit stuff oh, it yeah feels good to have these different uh you know buffs and, and debuffs for enemies and stuff and like you feel like you're doing something hell yeah all the animations have a lot of weight to them the sound effects are just fantastic i love it How's the music in the game? Oh, the music rocks. It actually is is one of my favorite things about it. The The main thing is it's about the uh, uh, Greek pantheon of gods and uh, like Zeus, like uh, Hades, like a, that. That's Greek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is Greek. Yeah. You got it in one. Hey, man, I'm I've been in the compartment for a long time. OK, <laughs> my the, my history eludes me, but. It's uh, the the Greek pantheon of gods are the main players in this game, and you play uh, Hades' son, Prince Zagreus. So, um, it's the music has this very uh, like very kind of medieval kind of Greek uh, undertones to it. But on top of that, they throw these awesome distorted guitars and modern drums and bass and stuff. So it brings it into this uh, modern kind of kind of hard rock realm and it just rocks for like excellent and it changes throughout depending on what you're doing so when you're just slogging through these these uh dungeon rooms it's the bass track that kind of you know gets you amped up for killing stuff essentially (laughs) but um then you'll get to a, a mini boss or a uh like a sub boss that's that's just above that and the music will change and it'll get even harder it's kind of doom-esque in that in that regard so like when you're doing a big fight you feel like you're doing a big fight because the music really brings you there it's it's great that's one thing super giant and darren korb in particular really nails is their music like playing bastion and transistor the games are good but i still listen to both of those soundtracks currently oh nice they're the music uh, super giant really fucking nails the music every time I'm not surprised at all. Mm. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta look that up on our Wi-Fi and see if I can get those for my defo. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm out of the compartment now. Maybe we could get me a good setup with a at least at least a small hollow screen, just just a tiny one. No, I was gonna put you right back in as soon as we're done here. Yeah, yeah we're gonna put you in this special room <clears throat> closet, and <laughs> <laughs> you can use your switch and uh, uh... <laughs> anyway. Uh... The Hugo Awards, uh, famous for the like 
literary fiction world have created a special one-time video game category uh, and and Hades is one of the finalists for the 2021 awards. Wow, nice. Good so, for them, man. Uh, they're up there with Spiritfarer, Last of Us Part Two, oh, Blaze, Blaze Ball, um, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. And Interesting. That is some hmm. steep fucking competition. Wow. And Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay, not that steep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, but they're up there, and and it's 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 cool because the Hugos don't really do this. Um, I mean, they 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 bust out awards here and there, but uh, it's it's one of the most prestigious awards you can win as an author, as a Hugo Award for science fiction and fantasy. And uh, yeah, Hades is up there as a finalist. Cool. Well, so yeah, bump ooh. that to the top of my list. Let me ask you this because I'm not as familiar with the literary world, Alex. Um, what exactly, like I've heard of the Hugo Award, but what exactly, uh, it is specifically for writing. So they made this uh, one-time video game uh, kind of category for specifically the writing. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be story based primarily, but okay. um, you know, Hugo's, Nebula's, uh, Locus, like all of those are they're all like you know essentially just literary. So it's f- story focused first and foremost. But there are segments for you know best long form uh, film, for instance. Like I gotcha. think Guardians of the Galaxy took it down one year. Um, so they 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 have different segments for uh, different awards. But this is a I guess during a con, there was like a get together of Hugo um, organizers and they made a category just specifically for this year, special Hugo award category for best video game. So it's not like necessarily based just on the story. It's just best video game. Gotcha. Right. Out of these. And so there were 145 nominees and Hades is one of the top five or six that were, were chosen there. That rocks. Yeah, I love when, uh, like, I love uh, that that particular story because, like, this is an organization that normally deals with literary works, with you know, with with books, writing, publishing. Um, but for them to be at a con and be like, "Hey, we know these are not books. You don't you don't read them like books. You have to press buttons and such." But we should create an award for them because they're fucking awesome. Yeah, and uh, some of the best stories I've ever sort of ingested have been video game stories. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I think you'd Far be missing none. out on a per- particular medium if you didn't take into consideration. Um, I think I jumbled my words there, but you'd be you'd be <laughs> missing out on on excellent stories if you just. It's okay. Uh, I I speak fluent, Alex. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> I know you guys can translate, but maybe our listeners can't. Uh, but yeah, they they'd be missing out on a big chunk if they just disregarded this medium in particular. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy to see that. I hope that it's a, it becomes not a special category, but a, a staple moving forward. Yeah, that would rock. Yeah, now we're now we're getting all gushy about uh, forms of media we like and, and things again. Because like, welcome I, to our show. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like some of my favorite stories come from not books, but like podcasts or video games, and I, I think it's just a, a worthy. Uh, section for something for an organization that gives awards based on stories to add to to have a video game section that'd be really cool oh absolutely yeah i I, i'd really like to see this sort of expand but they've got to keep it sort of um you know tangentially related at least right so yeah glad to see that video games are represented here it's really all i'm saying yeah, it's an interesting topic of conversation and one that's been debated about for years and years is whether or not video games are art. 
Oh, and there's man. a shockingly high number of people out there who don't consider video games as art. And I feel like this Hugo Award is a big step towards legitimizing video games as art because they're fucking art, folks. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's I, I have fought and died and been resurrected on this hill. For sure. Agreed. Yeah, I think we should save this topic for another episode after we've stuffed Brian back in the overhead compartment and moved on. (laughs) (laughs) And if any uh, Hugo people are listening to this, uh, go ahead and just nominate us for best fan cast. That's uh, Um, that's (laughs) we're also writing and we make other stuff too. Like uh, we we love a clean sweep, Hugo. That'd be pretty rad. (laughs) Or like fucking Return of the King at the Oscars. Yeah. (laughs) And the Academy Award goes to, you guessed it. (laughs) Why can't I hold all these Hugos? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Uh. Well, I'll be gunning for you from the overhead compartment. Appreciate that, man. (laughs) Excellent. Guys, what the fuck is actually even in Thieves Tools? Like, actually. Thieves Tools, like D&D Thieves Tools? Like thieves tools, like I imagine probably like a a key to a 1997 Saturn Sky <laughs> prototype, uh, a ballpoint pen stolen from the Holiday Express in in Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you you pluck that one right off the uh, the drawer Bible Yoink. that's in there. <laughs> How, such heresy. The Thesels have to have like that uh, the tech deck that you lost in first grade. Yo, <laughs> the Spitfire tech deck. I've been missing that thing. They have the uh, adhesive glow in the dark stars that Seth was talking about earlier. Yeah, <laughs> it's got one of those Happy Meal toys. It transforms from a Big Mac into a dinosaur. <laughs> it, has, it has a bunch of dinosaur sponges that are in capsule form. <laughs> I mean, you got to have a pair of high heel go go boots in there. How can yeah. you? How can you thief if you're not going to do it in style? <laughs> absolutely man what about like a TiVo Remember, you guys remember TiVo what about a TiVo that's entirely filled with episodes of Lazy Town from Nickelodeon <laughs> <laughs> I would watch it for Robbie Rotten alone look at this TiVo that I just found it's got a, a 40 pin iPhone cable I mean, you gotta have that in case you run into any first second third gen iPhones <laughs> gotta charge my iPod Nano bruh <laughs> Yeah, and it's got tubes of spackle in there, but they're like just one, and it's half full. It's got half full <laughs> tube <tubes> of spackle. <laughs> what about like an, a handwritten CD key for the original Unreal Tournament? <laughs> <laughs> Easily the most valuable thing in any thieves' tools. You need it. It's got it's got an open bottle of nail polish. <laughs> it's got like a like a hardened skin of nail polish on top that you gotta poke through to get to the rest of it. Uh. An Altoids tin filled with thumbtacks. That's incredibly useful, yeah. especially if you're like Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. A <laughs> uh, music box, and the music box just plays "Eye of the Tiger." But it's in a minor key. Hey, I want that, actually. Now I know what to get Seth for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about a thumb drive containing a website that was built entirely with Flash? Oh, no. a relic. <laughs> There's a word for that in D&D. Those are called artifacts. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an entire full, complete set of Boy Scout patches. Oh, what Boy Scout died for this? <laughs> the slowest one. <laughs> 
I remember once when I was at scout camp, Camp Geronimo, baby, Ayy. they had vending machines with, remember homies? I do remember yeah. homies. I think those yeah. are still around. My friend and I tried to get so many of those because we wanted to make a chess set out of them. <laughs> that's that's who we were as Boy Scouts. Hey, are those my merit badges in there? Get those back, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Thieves Tools have the, the real last will and testament of Prince. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, hello. OJ's yeah. other glove is in there. <laughs> oh, too soon. It's got it's got it's got chopsticks, but it's just one of them. It's got one chopstick. It, no, no, it's got mismatched chopsticks that are of different lengths, so you can't really use them. Fuck. Uh, it's got an Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl Fifty One Champions T shirt. <laughs> Twenty eight to three. Twenty eight to three. It's got it's got one of those those books that are hollowed out for a flask, but inside it just has a note that says I O U. Oh. It's got a doctor's note excusing you from PE. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It, it has a tape measure but it doesn't have any numbers on it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this object is one tape measure long. Well, then it's obviously imperial. <laughs> Speaking of tape, it's got a roll of electrical tape that no one can find the edge of. Oh. Oh. PTSD. Oh, no. <laughs> well, maybe you can use one of the short chopsticks to kind of try to wedge it under there. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what all of these are. These are not off the dome. These are actually in thieves tools. And to be a thief, you need to know the correct order in which to use them. I think it's got to have it's got to have the biggest pog slammer you've ever seen oh shit fuck yeah <laughs> hell yeah dude send us your thieves tools items because we're now making a complete list hit us up on twitter at space castle pod send us an entire list in csv format please thank you to <laughs> space castle podcast at gmail.com yeah we're writing a book for another hugo award yeah <laughs> <laughs> So send us stuff where Seth had mentioned. Also, take a picture of whatever your thieves tool item is. Put it on Instagram. Tag us at Space Castle Pod. Yeah, yeah. I want to see pictures of weird shit that I. You know that that one guy that's like my thieves tools has uh, an old Iowa license plate. Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, it's a, and it's a vanity plate that just says Big Al. <laughs> <laughs> Here are my New Year's glasses from 2002. <laughs> <laughs> this Steve's Tools, it's got a lot of lug nuts, but not enough to put a full set of tires on a car. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to leave one off of each. <laughs> the choice is yours. It has a it has a bicycle inner tube that just has a, a label on it that says do not use. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, now we've gone past Thieves' Tools. Now we're just describing front yards in Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, Texas. Oh, and I think that's going to do it for this episode of Space Castle, because if we talk anymore, we're going to get fucking doxxed and murdered in our sleep. (laughs) Thank you, as always, for joining us. It is your clubhouse and hours for all things nerdy. Thank you. Thank you so much to Brian Levitt for stopping by. Thank you for opening the overhead compartment to have me. Yeah, you got it, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for, again, helping us write the theme song. We're over the moon with it. Pun absolutely intended. We love it. We think it's a perfect fit for the show, and we could not have done it without you. And uh, it's been so much fucking fun having you on, yes, man. Like absolutely. we've all been friends for years, and like 
it's it's so cool that we've been able to do this. Yeah, it's been fun shooting the shit with you guys for sure. <laughs> and if you want to listen to our episodes over and over, please do so on your favorite pod catcher, pod whatever. Good Pods is really good. Pod Chaser. Pod Releaser. Google, Spotify, Apple. Yeah. And uh, leave us a review. Leave us a like. Leave us some constructive criticism. We're all about that, too. And uh, ultimately, shoot us a message. Engage with us about what we've been talking about in this and any other episode. We'd love to hear it. Yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You guys ready to hear that, that badass fucking theme song one more time? Oh, please. yeah. Let's yeah. fucking do it. Bye, love you. Um, I would say I love you, but you put me in an overhead compartment. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna put you back. Sorry. Mm, I figured.